June 30th will be the fifth installment of the Indiana Jones franchise, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. So we're going to go back in time to look at 1981's Raiders of the Lost Ark. And yes, it's called Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's not called Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Back in 1981, it was called Raiders of the Lost Ark. And that's what I'm calling it. And that's what it is. It's taking that a little bit personally. Yeah, Lucas Films, man, they keep doing that stuff. Retitling, re-editing, all that stuff. Screw that. Welcome back to A Tell the Two Bros. My name is Angel. I'm Adon. Where we give you a review at least once a week. Spoiler alert, Raiders of the Lost Ark came out in 1981. So this is definitely a throwback review. Starring Harrison Ford, Karen Allen, Alfred Molina. Where he makes a small role, but that's like his small role. But there's, like they say in movies, there is no small role, just small people. You also have here Paul Freeman, Ronald Lacey, John Reese Davies. I love when John Reese Davies is ever in the production. Denholm Elliott, we know him from Trading Places, or well, I do anyway, with Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy. Okay. On Rotten Tomatoes, this is scored at 93% by the critics and 96% by the audience. Very highly rated for a film that's, Jesus, older than you. 81. Was well, not 81 years. It came out in 1981. Directed by Steven Spielberg. Yep. Story by george lucas and produced by george lucas mm-hmm. it's a lucas film so you can find it on disney plus now even though it's under indiana jones and the Raiders of the lost ark mm-hmm. we're able to rewatch it yes yeah yeah uh i just finished rewatching it it really holds up pace is great you have good storytelling for what it is it's direct is to the point are there some flaws yes oh yeah but are there there are some great moments great Better moments than flaws, I think, or great moments than flaws. Like Batman 89, mm-hmm. it can have plenty of flaws, but sometimes those great moments and or the sum of its parts out, outweigh those flaws, I think is what yes. we're trying to say, right? Yes, those flaws sometimes stick out more and more the more times you watch it. True, true. You still have that appreciation for what it did and what it has, what it has done. But man, like again, when that thing with reporter and, and no one knows who Bruce Wayne is and all that stuff, and even the criminals don't know who, who Bruce Wayne is, even though Wayne family is establishment in Gotham City, you know. But just this, but let's let's go on back onto here. I want you to go first in the sense of what did you like? Okay, so with context here, it's been probably over a decade, easy since the last time I've seen this movie. And even at that, it was like in bits and parts. So today was like the first day I've pretty much sat down in its entirety to watch it. Talking to a friend of mine, and I was like, you know what? I never sat and watched the beginning of it in its entirety in one sitting. And I knew all the scenes that were seen, but in succession, watching it back to back, it's very iconic, very good, and a very good start to what is Indiana Jones. Like you see his character come in, he doesn't talk, he's like has like almost like a hero-esque style to him that comes in. That is cut very short for me when I see Alfred Molina playing a Latino guy. <laughs> well, Molina is an Italian name. I know. But I always picture him with a like a different accent. Right. Right. Yes. And he, he has was it it was like a unibrow in like yes. this spray tan. That's true. That threw me out, but I was able to stay with the film and it was really good. Action was consistent. It was good. It's a little bit dated for how the, some of the action is, 
and some of the flow, it felt good that it was dated because nowadays everything's like you have to have like boom, 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 action, boom, 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 dialogue, dialogue. And this has action, but then there's pause, pause for that intrigue because now you're you're researching with him. You're not having things thrown at you. You're like, oh, oh, he's teaching patience. Not just that, like in a sense, like how Star Wars was inspired mm-hmm. in the sense of how it inspired George Lucas in the sense of serial films back in the day where you, before you see a movie, you see like a short stories or short films prior to the main attraction. And that's what I got from here, watching this again. It's like he had that feel. The guys back in the day had the suits with the fedora. You have him, the lead, wearing a fedora, uh, even though he's wearing a leather bomber and he has a whip. But he has that feel and the pace where, yes, the punches are like the one-two. It's not rapid fight yeah. scenes like, like you said before, but it's like, bam, 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 bam. Like, so you can see what's happening. You can see the action being done in a clear way. Correct. Like, no, no shaky cam, no cl- extreme close-ups. So, yeah, I think it's that. Now, also here is the music by John Williams that it helps bring you in. Does it does bring you in? But the thing is, like Kim was watching, it's like it sounds like Star Wars. Oh, it's very similar. Well, yeah, same thing. Like say with me, sometimes when I'm listening to either the uh, the Indiana Jones series, Star Wars series, or the original Superman series, all done by John Williams, you can hear the resemblance, especially with Indiana Jones and the Star Wars franchise. True. I would feel like that's more like a a flair of the artist. So it's like when you listen to your favorite band or musician they usually most of their songs have a running you know sound true true but the thing is like that's their band where each movie is distinct or different than one because you have indiana jones but it's not the same as star wars they're not saving a princess maybe they are in a way that there's the the they're trying to rescue the ark and they're, that's sort of, that's what they're trying to do one could argue karen a, allen was a princess yes but i'm saying like but the thing is like the ark that was the goal, right? To get the Ark from the Nazis. Yeah. In Star Wars, the Empire is a reinterpretation or an interpretation of the Nazi regime. And she was the, she's the Ark. She's the prize, the princess. Yeah. Okay. So you have that, but then you have the music. And then Superman, that's a total different genre and story that you have that music. The, and there's, a re, there's a clear connection. And, I, and unfortunately... I just wish it was a little different. Yes, you have that hero theme of Indiana Jones, which you cannot deny, just like you cannot deny the Imperial March theme. Yeah. And then Jurassic Park, too, because you can hear that, too, because John Williams played the music for Jurassic Park. So when you're hearing the music, I was like, oh, there's a little flavor of Jurassic there. There's a little flavor of Star Mm -hmm. Wars there and here. And at one time, it seemed like one of the hills was from, in the beginning, that is, while Innie is running away from the tribe, the landscape kind of looked like from Jurassic Park. I Indy. can see that. I'm not saying that it is the same location, but that's what it looked like. I'm surprised he hasn't bought dinosaurs already. That's a, for fa- the Fast and Furious franchise. I mean... You know, though, there is an Easter egg in Raiders of Star Wars. It's with him and uh, Shala are picking up the art, okay. getting ready to, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a cut on Indy, and over his right shoulder on the wall in the tomb is the hydroglyphic of 3CPO and R2-D2. Ooh, I did not see that. Well, yeah, you, you don't expect to see that. 
yeah. especially back then, especially back then when Easter eggs was rarely common. So as it is today. In common uh, nerd theory, then that would mean Star Wars and the Indiana Jones universe is all in the same universe, just like Star Wars is in the same universe as E.T. I know what you're saying. In the prequels, right. Well, not, not uh, oh yeah, because it is in the prequels. Mm-hmm. And then you got E.T. dressed up like that, and he was wearing a Star Wars uniform. It's all circular. And, uh, well, when was E.T. wearing a Star Wars uniform? No, no, it was during Halloween. Wasn't one of the kids wearing like a Star Wars shirt? Oh, maybe. I can't. I've, I've seen no, they were dressed as Yoda. They were dressed as Yoda. It was a kid dressed as Yoda. Maybe. I don't remember. Hey. I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, yeah. And then now here, it's all secular. So now we just need a time trap. It's like a circle. It's like a circle. Like a circle. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars is like a circle with George Lucas. But, but, We're going to uh, get flagged on that one. <laughs> why? why? I don't know. Someone's going to hate it. <laughs> but it's not. But it's, is it wrong? No. no. We're actually, now we just connected everything. There's a comic book also illustrating that either Indiana Jones or Star Wars. There's like a, I can't remember exactly, but one is paying tribute to the other. I wouldn't be surprised. Is there a specific scene? Or, well, did you enjoy this scene again after so long, you said? I Yes. I'm going to say okay. I, I did enjoy it. Do you think it holds up? Surprisingly, yes. Yes. I, 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 I I would say it does. There were some pleasant moments for me. Like I forgot like some of the actors that are in it. John uh, Reese Davies uh, that you mentioned. Yeah. I, I love him as an actor and I was the biggest sliders fan. And that, and like he was in that show for the long haul Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. like that was my go-to character casting. And I just love him in every role I've ever seen him. This film, even your villains, your uh, in your all the characters seem to ham it up. And I kind of like it when I see uh actors ham up their roles and really get into it and it, almost to a point it's kind of ridiculous. The one guy who likes to torture. Oh, tot. yeah, that's Tot. 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 tot? tot? I, I, I'm uh, not good with that guy. That guy. The old Fräulein. Yes. I feel like he was the inspiration for Home Alone. And I say that that scene. Oh, for the stunt. For the the stunt stunt with the hand. Oh, okay. Because uh, then they show him outside in the snow, which was not needed. But it was like fast forwarded. Like him like. Right, right. Looking like like Benny Hill. Oh, if that's a deep cut on that. Yes. Show my grades in my memory. Uh, (laughs) You remember Benny Hill? Because I used to love Benny Hill. Oh, Back yeah. in the day, Gra- in Grandma's house. I, I used to oh, see. Oh, Grandma's was, house. It, yeah, I, it was two things I would watch at Grandma's house. Press is right. That was either <laughs> that was either nap time or uh-huh. like or uh-huh. Betty Hill, just because there was nothing else good on, and uh, right. and you hear you know that kind of thing. Like I have to say that the characters here are written well. Yeah. You have the the villains. You have Belog and Tote. Mm-hmm. Those two were great. Like Tote, it was like he was. I would not say he's the Darth Vader of this, but he's definitely like Boba Fett. Yeah, Belloc was more like Darth Vader, the, the, the arch enemy of the hero, and the Nazi regime or Hitler was like the, the Empire or they always or referred the, to uh, the Führer, and the Führer was like the Emperor, and right, then Hitler, uh, yeah. I would say Dietrich. 
who was like the tall uh, mm -hmm. German who was barking orders would have been Tarkin. Talk would have been like like who you said like Boba. Belloc would have been Vader. He had his own motivations. True. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to make a correction that I called uh, John Reese Davies' uh, character Shala is Sala. So I didn't make that correction, right? But also, real quick, I when I was watching it again, and of course we sometimes we miss it until we watch it in the latest time we catch some things. I don't know if you noticed, but I just noticed and I, and I just checked because I I meant to check earlier. The monkey trainer, remember him? He had the, he had the patch. He's the same one that we saw earlier in the beginning of the film with Melina. Yeah, he was the he was the guide as well. He gets stabbed. I didn't catch stabbed. it, but when he now gets that you poisoned, it. yeah. Right. I was like, he looks very familiar. And all they did was make his beard darker. Slap a giant patch eye on. patch. And that was it. That's a common thing for a lot of like throwaway characters. They'll get like stuntmen or something like that to redo. Yeah, but this is, he was not a throwaway because throwaway characters is more like the sense where you don't really see the face. Yeah. Maybe profile or something like that, especially like stuntmen because stuntmen get recycled. Maybe they were hoping the, the, the first role wasn't as noticeable as the second I mean, role. You know, well, you don't really notice it when you watch it the first time. I have no idea. You're not going to notice it because you're just so enthralled into the movie. You're you just, you're inside it. But when you, again, the more times you see things, yeah, the, the more time you see it, the, the more you see. So I thought that was pretty cool. Was there a favorite moment? I kind of like the whole escape uh, in the desert when he's fighting by the plane. Yes, yes. Yeah, because I, I again, a lot of moments I forgot, and I, and I forgot that there's i didn't notice that though like almost every indiana jones there's always one big guy who is working the heck out of him and he just gets mm -hmm. super lucky and he wins oh he got super lucky on this one absolutely that guy was tearing him down and then uh and the plane but just that was also to turn that was also comical for me too oh absolutely I, I remember also as the fight's going on the one pilot gets knocked out which triggers the whole thing to start turning around mm -hmm, and you just mm -hmm. see her stand up like i got the thing and she's like <laughs> standing uh and i'm like that had me cracking up because the way she stood i know it was supposed to be like comical with it but she looked right. like almost sinister it's like ah <laughs> she's insane yeah. for me it's, it's it's a long sequence the overall sequence itself is extremely long but you, know, you have that where in a sense you have that escape because they escape the cave or the tomb whatever you want to call it you know yeah. after they were the trapped snakes. in the snakes and all that stuff and then you got from there the truck chase yeah you have all that and i think that was all i mean i love that part where the, the, by the plane and all that stuff and the and the guy that he's fighting oh that guy uh his name is pat roach right but he looks like another person like um jackie chan's the big brawl or battle kick brawl depending on where he, where it was um, released Back in the day, he's like baddie that Quan, uh, Jackie mm -hmm. Chan's character, had a fight. So when I was younger, I thought it was the same guy. Well, he was in Willow. I understand. He was the one with with the mask, yeah. right? With the, with the skull mask. But um, but we don't see that much. We only see it one time without the mask. But true. But I'm saying that back when I was younger, I thought the two people were the same. The same guy because they're bald headed. They have a mustache. They're white. That they're husky. You know. I get that. Yes, I did like that, and I and the the punching where the guy Pat Roach he does he throws a jab at Indy, and Indy just like drops. He caught him off guard. He just drops. But then later on in that same fight, Pat Roach hits him twice with two different punches, and Indy spins twice with well spins once with each punch in the opposite direction. Yep, 
was an anime so, like, punch. But still, it was good nonetheless. And then the fight, and then the, the truck trace, uh, truck trace, the Chuck, Chuck? The truck chase. The, the Chuck roast. Jesus, there's a tongue twister. I That was also entertaining where he's trying to get in and then he's like falling over and then trying to go underneath the truck and he uses his whip to hold on. Yeah. And then when he comes in, he gets shot in the shoulder. I mean, the whole thing, he gets shot in the shoulder. When he's about to hit people off road, he smiles. He gets a little sinister. And the guy gets runned over on another, another You actually shot. see that a lot in the movie. Like, he, he goes through some more sinister, dark moments a lot in the, in the movie itself. Right. No, but definitely with that smile, with a little smirk, like, I'm about to knock you down or take you off the cliff or what have you. I was like, ooh. He's getting a little. He's getting a little riled up here. He's getting a little excited. A little too excited. Oh yeah, Indy likes taking out his enemies. Right. So all that, and then to the, which leads into the ship. Yeah. And that part where she she knocks him, and he screams. Yes, that was Poor hilarious. Guy. I laughed at work. I was like, I was at on break watching it. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, oh. <laughs> but it's, it's funny because he, this guy who's just went through hell to get the ark from the Nazis, getting shot, gravel or, you know, road rash, if you will. Because mm-hmm. no, that's what he got. He got road rash. And he's like, of course, at the moment, the adrenaline is up. And now he calms down all that pain he's hitting with. And do you blame him for falling asleep? No. no. After that kiss, he was getting all excited, but he was just so spent that he just knocked out. I was like, I feel you. I feel you, bro. Now, granted, apparently he woke up because they're both like, yeah, yeah, naked in the morning. Mm-hmm. But yeah, any other scene that you enjoyed? Yeah, yes. I, I'll be a fool not to mention the one of the most iconic scenes mm-hmm. where the guy with the sword mm-hmm. and he just pulls right. out the gun. Well, we know the story, but for yeah. those who who don't know, you can explain. But I just find it funny in a way that. In Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, because I just found out, you told me, you forgot that you told me, yeah. I didn't know this until recently, that Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom is a prequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark. And there's a scene where he's going for his gun, just like he did here, and from that scene, and I was like, oh, but wait a minute, then, because it was a callback to Raiders of the Lost Ark, but then it's, it's not a callback because it never happened yet yeah. in that film, for that film, that time period. But anyway, so you like that because, of course, this iconic scene is duplicated in one way or another in multiple films. Correct. But what makes it more iconic is what? The story behind it because yes, that was supposed to be a whole fight thing and they were supposed to do some other stuff. And they've been making multiple shoots and it was hot. You could see it in, in the movie, like in that particular scene because there's a lot of cuts. And that's one of oh, a few times you'll, like, you'll see noticeably cuts from different angles. Uh, just for that one scene and like some some of the cuts he's like extra sweaty and mm-hmm. he had gotten sick uh i forget what like he got like food poisoning or something like that right and right. uh he's just like hey let's just call it a day we'll do one quick scene i'll, I'll just shoot the guy and so he just like pulls it out pop puts it in i think that's a little different than what it was i might be paraphrasing no what no it, it was that he wanted to shoot but the thing is like the whole big fight scene and he just couldn't do it. Yeah. Uh, that's and why, because I say it was like. Right. No. Yeah. Because, again, it was a multiple things, like you, like you said. But what happened, I think, and I could be wrong, but that he was so sick, and then he went for the gun, and the, 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 the swordsman, 
connected to him and was like an improv scene where he just came out, shot, and he just fell. Yeah. So it was all in a sense, like in the moment, it was totally freestyle. It was not planned. That's, that's what I mean that, to say. It was like a, it's an improvised scene. I, he, I don't think he talked to the director too much about it. Right. And just did it and just kept and then he walked away and, and, you know, people cheered. It was all like everyone was connected to what was happening. Honestly, makes sense. You got a gun, you got a guy doing all these moves mm -hmm. right in front of you, and it's like, mm -hmm. fine. I also liked the how he found the location of the arc. Yeah, that's what I was I, referring I, to when I was talking about patience, because like you had to be patient when he was doing the light thing, and they were panning it out. And oh yeah, yeah, it's like you had to be in that moment, mm -hmm. and I, I think they did a really good job of doing that, and I think that's what you were trying to get to as well. Well, yeah, then it says how it tra how the light traveled, and then the big prize was in full display, if you will, in the sense of location. And you just see how like the mind of Indiana Jones works because you see him he's deducting. He's he, of course, he found the location, but then he's just in that moment. You see the professor come out. Yeah, and I just like that. And I also liked how, in honor of the serials back in the day, that how the hero was presented like you said we don't see him like until like maybe up to four minutes in the beginning of the movie we see his body we see his silhouette we see his hat and all that stuff but then he comes out it's like you're building up we see everyone else we see alfred molina we see the other guy and then but we don't see him until we need to see him and then you also have all these shots like with when he meets marion Marion. Mm -hmm. When he meets Marion, he comes out the shadow. At, well, not that he comes out of the shadow, is that his silhouette shows up on the wall while you see her, like he's bigger than life. Yeah. Oh no, so I'm he, thinking of uh, Fraulein. I'm thinking that guy coming out from when she opens the door. Oh yeah, uh, he came out of the shadow, scared the crap. You know, when I was a kid, he scared the crap out of me. But uh, that voice and his laughter. I have to say, the movie does good job with lighting because that's a mm -hmm. whole effect thing throughout the entire film. Like even her character, there's moments where the light just hits. Like when he's going to walk away, and the light hits his eyes, and you see it's like shadows from the the grid in right. the bar. Right. No, it's, it's done very well. Yes, but that being said, the CGI is still horrible. Especially, it's still horrible. Was that I mean, CGI for the? Uh, you're talking about the ghosts. Talking about the ghosts. Are you serious? Is that CGI? Was that really? Was there a real ghost there? No, no, no. Um, uh, what are you talking about? Practical effects. Like, were they using CGI then? I don't think they were using CGI because you could do ghost effects without CGI. It just is practical effects. What? The ghost running through the Nazis? Yeah. No, no, no. In behind the scenes, you, all that stuff is, is post. Yeah. Because during the filming, all those actors are just going like this. Yeah. Nothing's being lit. Nothing's being lit on them. Nothing got this. Is just imagine something's going through you. And okay. that's what they're doing. And then the ghost and all this that was added on. But I'm talking about like the, the face melting. Those are practical effects. Yeah. It was just, it looked, it looked bad. But some I'm of sorry. The other stuff was, like I, when I think CGI, I think like computer graphics and stuff like that. Right. right? Not well, like. Well, not computer graphics like today. But yeah. They had computer graphics there back then too. Which yeah, is a little different. You're but, talking about like, just in general special effects. Right. But the, the face melting, for some reason, it reminded me of Beetlejuice. Oh, Absolutely. Um, but the head blow off that took me off. I f totally forgot his head blows off. Y'all, I forgot off. how violent this movie was. First of all, the rating is PG, just flat PG. And then when it comes back up, then, back then it was very, it was very loose. It was either PG, G, R, or X, depending on how violent it was. 
Yes, or NR, maybe NR back then. Yeah. Here's where it gets funny though for me because when I was watching it, and of course we were watching it on Disney, it goes PG and then it comes up rated PG for tobacco use or something like that. Who was smoking? The main actress. <laughs> she, she's like the main smoker in the entire film. She was smoking? Karen Allen? Yeah, Marion. At the bar? She smokes, uh, Bellic smoke. And oh, like, oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Then, then, okay, there, there. Okay. Like a bunch of other characters. But either way, Alfred Molina's character, you see him like impaled. You see right. like skeletons. You see one character gets shot in the head like right in front of her. And Oh, I'm, that guy, that guy, he had, he had prosthetics on. Absolutely, yeah. He was not Asian. No. He was not. He, that was prosthetics. A lot of like, those Nepal characters were, no. No. The end scene that you're talking about, as flawed as it is for special effects, I kind of like the one where the guy gets like dehydrated, not the the face melting one. I know what you're talking about. The face, which which one? Because okay. all three of them died differently. Right. So one pretty much was face melts like that's, wax. That's the, that's that's the Tarkin character. Yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, Tolt Tolt gets burned like he melts. Yeah, Tolt is and, the one that melts. The Tarkin character is the one that dehydrates and just, mm -hmm. and then that's what remind, that's what reminded me of of Beetlejuice, the shrinking head guy, in Beetlejuice. It, I did I, I did laugh at that too because he was like just the entire time. But Balak, yeah, he's like, isn't it beautiful? The last words of a man. But I think he was a great arch enemy of Indy in the sense that they're, they're like both sides of the coin. He even tells him that. He's like, we're, right, we're the same. Here's the good thing I like about his character as a villain. A lot of people are like, oh, the hero's always chasing the villain and they're, no, the villain's always doing this and he's, he's like his foil. Technically, this guy's always a step behind Indy. No, no, he's not. What he is, he's always there, but Indy's the one that just finds it. He's like the extra, he's yeah. like the missing ingredient. Exactly. What I mean to say, he's like, he's on par in a lot of ways, but mm -hmm. he utilizes Indy, if anything else, to accomplish mm -hmm. his own goals. Well, yeah, like, like you notice in, in, the, in the opening scene that, that he's pretty much waiting for him. He's, yeah. letting Indy do, he's letting Indy Indy do all the work, and then he takes the prize. It's like one of those and things, like if Lex Luthor worked with uh, Superman, they'll be technically unstoppable. Mm -hmm. If these two guys work together, really, would there be a treasure that they couldn't find? Probably not. As much as we love this film and enjoy it immensely, there are some flaws, like I mentioned earlier. Special effects. Do you remember, besides the special effects, I mean, and it's minor, but you would think, though, like Lucasfilms, if they could update the prequels, not the prequels, the original trilogy, and if they can change the name of the title into Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, you would think they will put some effort to update the special effects. Tighten it up. It wasn't much of the special effects, but they could have tightened it up. It would have been a lot cleaner, a little more believable, if you will. Okay. Well, besides the special effects, what other, is there a moment or a scene you, didn't, you thought was like, eh? I'm going to openly admit, maybe I missed this answer, and I'm sure this has been a, a thing. How does he know to close his eyes? A few moments later. I can only think of when when he said that, it only took me back to it took me back to his lecture scene. And the girl is looking at him and she closed her eyes and there's like I love you on her eyelids. And for some reason, I don't know why I thought of that, because maybe it's like you know, because sometimes like some movies they what the answer you need. Yeah, foreshadows what you need at the end. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And I think where like 
her and the other chicks in, in the class were like all Google Gaga over him, you know, look at him with all this lust. So I got like how those Nazis were looking at the at the art with lust or gluttony or what have you, greed. But when you close your eyes, you can't see that. So you, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm reaching. The thing is like, he's smart. And maybe that's answered in either Temple of Doom or in The Last Crusade. Watch maybe. Temple of Doom now. <laughs> oh, we're going to watch it. We're going to review those too in, in light of yeah, Battle of Destiny. Movie. We're not going to do chapter four or whatever, movie four. We're not going to do that. That's, that's total waste of review time, even though Karen Allen comes back for that. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't. I don't remember that them saying. But again, I mean, he that was is the one thing that bothered me. I was like, protect the retinas. It's too beautiful. Did they clarify if this is alien or actually mystical? I know they they referred to it as possibly alien, but then well, Belloc was like, arc. "This is supposed to be God." Yeah, no, th- this is the, the Noah's Ark, yeah. lost Ark. So you know, but it was moved by Egyptians and stuff like that. So that's why they couldn't know where the exact location was. So mm-hmm. no, this is very well. The, the, everything it pretty much. Well, not on Temple of Doom, no, but this and The Last Crusade, very Christian. Yeah. So you have that. Um, For a guy who doesn't now, believe in magic, he gets hit with it a lot. Right. But then again, there's, there's my other thing, my other issue. The magic? If this is a se- no. If this is a sequel to Temple of Doom, mm-hmm. he experiences mystical stuff, even though he claims here he doesn't believe in that. But then he throws his gun for for safety precautions, right? In, into the basket, into the suitcase. In Temple of Doom, ex- yes, he's experiencing that. He witnessed it. He experienced it, it as well. All that mystical stuff. So how can you say you don't when you actually did? Serious disbelief. Yeah, he's in denial. Whatever. It's so dra- tragic that he couldn't, you know, just locked in his farm subconscious. Um, I have some gripes. Go ahead, hit me. The giant ball, iconic scene. Yeah, he could have avoided all of that if he simply walked backwards. Yeah, but it, correct me if I'm wrong. The when, ball would have passed him if he walked backwards, because the ball he went through that that opening, and then from that opening he sees the ball a little bit before it comes down rolling. Mm-hmm. He could have stepped right back in because after he cleared the deceased Molina, he was safe. There was no no darts being shot at him. No other threat but didn't the ball block that entrance to that was leading to the deceased molina it did but not yet no i'm gonna i'm gonna correct you right now because our mobile devices deceased molina was before the ball it was before the ball right yeah uh, hello and that's not uh, yeah so if he passed okay he passed molina yeah he passed molina he's getting he's getting out of the cave out of the out of the yeah the cave balls chasing him to the entrance of the cave right but the thing is Oh my God, you're right. Thank you. Because it's just a base. Uh, I mean, it's, a, it's an arch. It's an arch. He comes out of an archway. The ball doesn't the pop ball out the entrance. No, but the ball the the ball falls down over the archway, and all he did was clear it. He looked. He's right there. The ball he can see it. The archway is right there. All he had to do was slip back. No, I agree with the that. Ball would have flown out. But yes. you understand what I'm saying is like the ball goes all the way to the main entrance of the actual temple or cave. Oh, so you're saying that it would have closed them in? Yeah. You don't think there'll be another opening? You remember? I mean, he'll, he'll have to investigate. Yeah. But no, but there were there was light being shown. Yeah, that was for the traps. So right. he, there's possible and he that trap and that trap was Marlena got stuck in. Mm-hmm. Was stuck. He didn't go all the way back in, so he couldn't really, really go back out. No, I don't disagree with that at all. So yeah, there's ways, other ways he could have got out. Right. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was dramatic. It was great. It was exciting. I'm just saying, if I saw that, I would have been pop, 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 pop. Let it roll and then go. That's all. Plus, like literally uncovering some of the stuff to get to the Lost Ark. The whole scene that we liked about the lighting, that mm-hmm. flare to show where the Ark is. Mm-hmm. That's not natural flaring of light. It lit no, the whole room like a right, solar I, flare. Right, but I just I think it's more for a dramatic effect. Maybe. It was just like more like ta da is here. All right. You know, that's we'll all. give it artistic license. Yeah, that didn't really bother me that much. Hmm. But what did that he's there and Salah's there too, looking mm-hmm. for the entrance and all that stuff and finding where the exact location is outside. One group of Nazis see them. Or actually Salah. They see Salah and make him move. Mm-hmm. But seriously, all those people moving around, all those soldiers, all those other archaeologists and diggers, whatever, they don't see him and or them walking around, going into a, a opening, coming out, seeing Andy, uh, Indy, looking through a telescope to find the, the mark, or that he's digging and his group is digging. No one sees that right there. It's not like they're miles away. They're like 50, 100, maybe 100 feet away from where everything else has happened. Yeah. I just like, wait a minute. They would have been stopped a long time ago. Unless Belloc was like, no, no, let him do his thing. I already know what's going on. Even though he was distracted by Marion. I, yeah. I think Belloc would have told him, uh, like, on on and off, let him do his thing. We'll follow him. That kind of thing. Like, he knows. Well, that's what happens. Yeah. Right. And but like I said before, earlier, like, he let Jones do all the grunt work and mm-hmm. he reaped the benefits. Now, here's the biggest one too. So after that big chase to the boat scene that I liked, mm-hmm. he gets onto the sub. Yes. Right? Submarines go underwater. Yes. They show a map of the submarine traveling to a destination. Yes. It didn't happen in five minutes. Oh, no. The submarine must have gone underwater. Mm-hmm. You can't get in, not that I believe, you can't get in from the outside, especially if no one expects you to come in, they lock it up. So how the hell did he survive that? And if he did get in, how come he didn't get caught? Or how did he not get caught? Also, we see him next, once the submarine has ported, he's drenched as if he was in water. I know he swam onto the submarine, but from that time he got on, till he got on top of that lift, to the when the submarine ported, what the hell? No, I don't disagree with any of that. He's the Aquaman, apparently. They show it coming to the island surfaced. Right. So but you, ha- you have to surface. You to, the- I know, I know it has to surface, but for those who don't, you know, like, it looks, it makes it look like it was floating on top the entire time. Like he would just, and, and on top of that, you're right. It would take a while. He would die of dehydration, thirst, uh, you know, hunger. In like sun, oh, sun, sun poisoning, uh, all that stuff. Like what happened? Like from again on the map, it, of course it goes quick. And you remember and that reality, one person that did find him there was like just speaking to him in German, cleaning him up. I'm like, bro, he's been shot, cut, all these other things. You don't notice this, and you're just gonna fix him up like a soldier that's good to go. He's like super dirty. Remember he knocked the guy out, took his hat. Right, but no, but the thing is, he he was he he took someone else out, and he was trying to put on the clothes, but the guy was too small. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But still, and so the guy, so the so the so the Nazi was like, "What's wrong with you? Why aren't you tightening up? Why aren't your buttons German, up?" Blah, yeah. Blah, blah. yeah, in German. And I'm I'm guessing because I don't understand what, what he was saying, but I'm just guessing like he's giving a, a talking to a soldier. Yeah, it was it was a great scene where he just knocks him out, and obviously he hits him. He needs him in the face, and the hat flies up. He catches it, which is really good. 
but that was like pretty much it of the my dislikes. Yeah. It's not much. It's just something's a question. Like, like you question how does he know how to keep his eyes closed? How do you survive that travel on the submarine? Sure. That's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, let's wrap this up. So again, Rotten Tomatoes currently has it at 93% score it for the critics and 96% by the audience. I am right there with it. This is a fun movie. You can watch this anytime. Even though it is dated, it doesn't feel like it is. Because it is a period piece. So Absolutely. it's not like it's done in 2023. It's set in, in 1936, excuse me, 1936, mm-hmm. right on the right, pretty much the, the rise of the Third Reich. Mm-hmm. No cell phones. Okay. There's no no laptops, no tablets, nothing like that. So this can be seen and enjoyed for another this is 40. 40, 42 years. So it could be another, another 42 years could be appreciated. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, I agree about the rating. Clearly, we both agree it holds up. Obviously worth the watch. Is it worth the own? Yes, but with the original title. Don't give me that freaking Indiana Jones and her Raiders of the Lost Ark. No, it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's what it was, and that's what it is. Yeah, I would get a 4K if they updated the, the CGI, the special effects. If they were able to update that, then I'll buy it. And fine, I'll buy it when it says Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. I'll fine, I'll, I'll do that. Yeah, I think this but, would also look good in 4K. Like, Oh, I think so too. I mean, at 1080, it looks great. No, yeah, oh yeah. I mean, on streaming... Depending on your on your internet strength, you get it in 4K. True. Curveball question for you, since we're talking about such a classic. Mm-hmm. Would it be worth a watch if they showed it in theater again? Yes. Yes. Price of I admission. Did that, I did that with my biological father because they did it, and they I think they brought it back for a little time for a period, a small like limited time, and we went and saw it. Oh, nice. Yeah. That was like several, like maybe five years after. I think it was around the time we were bringing out Temple of Doom. So it was like kind of like a double kind of feature yeah. kind of thing, whatever. I don't remember, but we did that. I'll also have um, one little nitpick. It is on the camera angle when Indy and Belloc are talking in the cantina. Oh, the, the super zoomed in on his face? Well, yeah. You have Indy, they have Belloc in the back. Yeah, yeah. But I always had a problem because of that, because there's a fan plane spinning, and it's like right where Indy's eye is, like his, like he's blinking really fast. Yeah, it just, I, I, yeah. Bother, it, it just bothers me. I know what it is, but still, it's just like it's like ah, oh, get that. What? Just change the angle a little bit more, for you don't see the fan ever so slightly. It's just like come on. But that's just that's just a nitpick that bothered me since I was a kid. But we are going to do a review of Temple of Doom, and we're going to do a review of the Last Crusade because. Again, Last Crusade takes place supposedly immediately after this, Raiders mm-hmm. of the Lost Ark, and the Temple of Doom takes place prior, like three years, I think. Yeah, something like that. And that's the movie where Steven Spielberg met his wife. Did not know that. All right. All right, guys. That is our throwback review of Raiders of the Lost Ark. If you've seen it, let us know what was your favorite scene or do you have any nitpicks about it? Let us know in the comments below. If you have a movie or show for us to review, please email us at talesoftwobros at gmail.com or also leave a description below. Until next time, we'll be the next time. I'm Angel. I'm Adon. Love you, bro. Love you too.
59. Do, do you need to do anything before I hit end? 59 minutes? Yeah, we ran on rants.